Dr. Pauline, are you able? Yes, please. Okay. Hallelujah. 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 How are you all doing? We are blessed and highly capable. I miss you all. Oh, we miss you too. Amen. Amen. All right. So thank you very much, uh, Minister Rosling, for the prayer. Okay. At this time, shall we take reflection, please? Reflection from last week, please. let me try to see what I can remember. Okay, God bless you. Go ahead. <laughs> so last week, Dr. Pauline, you spoke about um, lies. And you said we must align ourselves with the truth. You said Satan is the father of lies. And you said um, you were speaking of Reuben and, and asking us to examine ourselves of what firstborn are we? Um, you also said, I'm looking at my notes. Um, you spoke about the sin of Reuben and Jacob and how he mourned for 30 years of the sin that he had committed. Um, you said it's true shall set us free. Um, you said God is faithful and he called he called um, the church. He said it, the church is God. The church is God. So he called, and if we call ourselves Christian, we must be faithful um, and recognize what firstborn are we. Um, Talk about uh, you spoke about our purpose in life. Um, that's what I remember right now, Dr. Paul Eder. <laughs> oh, shall we appreciate her? Shall we appreciate Sister Bridget? God bless you, Sister Bridget. All right, let somebody continue for Sister Bridget. Um, um, let me see what I can. Um, we were talking about the the um the the firstborn and how what the firstborn does can impact uh, the future generation. And uh, the question was asked whether or not the uh, the firstborn has to do with uh, birth 
or what else um, we think about when we think about firstborn. So it's not necessarily that you were the first to be born, but you might be the first to do something to turn, take certain actions. Um, and you said, what type of firstborn are we? Are we the firstborn of righteousness or are we the firstborn of wickedness? And we need to be mindful that we do not uh, lie before before God. In the tell lies in the presence of God, or we do not support uh, lies. Um, we spoke about Cain and the fact that um, he was someone of great abilities, yet he became a vagabond because he murdered um, his brother. Uh, Reuben, because he did not confess his sins before unto his father because of what they had done to their brother, um, that impacted uh, the, the family. And because of his unconfessed sins, that also impacted Judah and uh, led to, to Judah also um, doing um, certain actions, perverse actions that coincided with what Reuben did as a result of his own sexual perversion. Um, he said that unconfessed sins of the firstborn will have very serious impact on the other people in our family lineage. And uh, if we fail to receive corrections, um, our end will not be good. Um, You gave an example of a, a, a man who was attending a particular church. And um, the pastor prayed for him, and he became a very wealthy person to the extent that he was, uh, he was hiring a lot of people in his community. He was expanding his business. Um, he had a lot of um, branches to his business, and he got very wealthy. And um, initially, he was uh, he was he was very dedicated. But then, after a while, when he began to get great wealth, then he became some kind of a god, and sought to control the church, the past and the activities in the church. And then uh, it got to a point where his tithing dwindled down to maybe a dollar. He paid a dollar for his tithes and, uh, and he tried to control and, and, and 
the people in the church, and um, he made the excuse that he was using his ties to help uh, people in other places. But his ties, he was not paying in the church where he was planted. But that was his excuse. So it got to a point where he became very ill as a result of his unfaithfulness. So he could not enjoy his wealth anymore. The business continued, but he himself was very sick and therefore he could not um, enjoy his wealth anymore. Um, we looked at, I think, Psalm 92, where it says, uh, wicked people will seem to be flourishing for a while, but they shall be destroyed according to the Bible. And we referred to, to Haman. Haman was flourishing in his lives for a good while. Even as he saw the destruction of the Druze and the destruction of Esther and her people. But eventually, his own lives caught up with him and resulted in his own destruction. So Esther and the, the, the Jewish race were delivered from destruction, but Haman himself, who seemed to be flourishing in his lives, was eventually destroyed. And... Uh, we were admonished that we should not be the type of firstborn who influence or support lies. That was what I that's what I remember. Oh great, great. Shall we shall we praise God for Vanessa Rosdy? God bless you. Amen. Can we have the last one, please? Let's have one more. This is just uh, what um, Sister, Sister, Minister Carol said, but uh, you start by saying um, that I didn't get the first part of it, but what I got was you start by saying that Satan is the father of lies who use lies to deceive. Adam and Eve were deceived, you know, with lies. And when we disobey God, he does not take away the spiritual gift he gives to us. When we begin to lies, we become the father of lies and the mother of lies. We lie at times because we want to be accepted. We want to gain favor and we want for people to be on our side. So we tell lie to gain their favor. Uh, it's paid, you said it's like a mustard seed, but when you bite on it, it feels like a big rock. Reuben did not correct the lies he ate and abed. He lied to his father because he knew his brother died and he caused uh, Jacob to mourn for 30 years because of the lie that he held onto. He never at any time, you know, spoke the truth. And his lie eventually caught up with him. He said, when we reject the truth because it's uncomfortable, we reject the truth because it's uncomfortable for us. And um, you ask the question, how much of lies do we entertain and hold on to? How much of lies do we cherish and adore? 
He said, we have to come to a place of sincerity. God is faithful and those who worship him must be faithful. You ask, what kind of firstborn are we? Because you went on to, you know, you reiterate the fact that firstborn doesn't necessarily mean uh, biological parents. It could be the firstborn of a, um, uh, uh, Christianity. It could be the firstborn of a business. It could be firstborn of, you know, like someone first going to college in the family. You said firstborn, you know, could be anything that's associated with the first thing that's a member of the family, you know, do. And uh, when firstborn misbehave, the behavior must be corrected because then, you know, it goes on, it goes down, you know, the bloodline. You say, if we do not walk in righteousness, we would not have the opportunity to stand before the judgment throne. Some of us, you said, uh, the minute we're not born again, the minute we're not saved, we already lost our opportunity to stand before the judgment throne. But those of us who, were, who are saved, if we're not walking, you know, in righteousness, we can miss that opportunity. You know, like when we stand before the judgment throne, you know, what will, how will we be judged? If we are not walking in righteousness, we are going straight to hell, as you said. Our sins will bring, bring guilt upon us, you know, you know, and, you know, the guilt that come upon us will cause us to want to repent. Some people, you know, even when the guilt is upon them, they don't feel the need to repent. But when guilt come upon us, it's, it prompts us to repent. If God planted us in Jericho and we want to be in Syria, it's deception. Where God plants us is where God wants us to be. Where we want to be is another thing. And that is deception, as you said. We must confess by saying what we do wrong. You know, like sometimes we do something wrong and uh, we, we, we never confess of it. We just say, oh, I repent. And if I may, I'll just use my example. Like uh, today I was praying and a name came to me and I was like, God, I haven't seen that person for many years. But then I remember when I used to work in a nursing home, we used to go to that store and that guy was the manager of the store. And he used to um, like, you know, if something costs $10, he would, you know, put a discount or do something different, you know, give it or something. And, you know, at that time, I didn't realize that stealing. But that was something that was brought to my attention because there were times when, you know, stuff was in the bag that I didn't even pay for. And I accepted it. I was a Christian, not grown and not known the truth. And um, this morning I had to repent of it. So, you know, you said, you know, if we, if we can't just say, okay, then I repent, we must call out the sin by name. You also gave an example of a high priest. I forget which church you said it was, if it was a Methodist church that they do it right because when people sin, you know, they would have to go to the high priest to confess their sin so that they could be delivered. But, you know, many churches don't do that. It's not, it's not so prevalent anymore. People don't go to the high priest anymore to confess their sin so that they could get delivered from their sin. However, you said when we sin, we should call the sin by name. We should call it out, openly confess it so we could uh, you know, get forgiveness for those sins. Even though as are flourishing, as you said, but their judgment is coming because just like you know, Sister Carol said, you know, Haman told lie against the Jews, the Jewish people not knowing that his judgment await him. 
And you asked the question, you said we must go into the secret place of our lives and repent. And that's what um, I walk away with from last week. Amen. Amen. Shall we all appreciate Evangelist Sarah? Amen. 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 Praise God. Okay, so thank you very much for all the reflections. It's very important that we do reflection. Otherwise, we forget. And when we forget, the enemy takes advantage of our forgetfulness. We shall not forget in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Okay, before we continue, let's say our read. Okay. One moment, please. Welcome to the Garden of Wisdom for the Garden of Wisdom Bible Studies. The Garden of Wisdom is the place where we discover and dig out the knowledge that leads and directs us on the path of righteousness to fulfill our divine destiny. I am, please repeat after me. I am here in the Garden of Wisdom. I am here, I am here in the Garden of Wisdom. To gather wisdom. Gather wisdom. To gather wisdom. To drink from the well of wisdom. To drink from, to drink the, well from the well of wisdom. To receive instruction. To receive, to receive instruction. Direction. Direction. And guidance. And guidance. And guidance. According to the plan and purpose. According, according to, the plan, to the plan and purpose. That the Lord has predestined for my life. That the, that the Lord, Lord has predestined for my life. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it all in Jesus' name. I receive it in Jesus' all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah, we thank God that um, you are remembering and uh, you are participating in the reflection. Last week, there was a point that I said we will look at as a question was asked, why was Reuben not forgiven? We have looked at the fact that although he was a great intercessor, he was weak in certain areas of his life. Yes, a great intercessor, but lies will not allow him to enjoy his position as an intercessor. Deception will not allow him to enjoy his position as an intercessor. And uh, Satan is a father of lies. He came to uh, Adam and Eve and lied against God. 
okay? When people are not, are, 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 do not fear God, they lie in the eyes of God, in the face of God, in the presence of God. And uh, that is where we all need to be careful. We, all, we are all uh, are vulnerable. We all sin. Thank God for his word in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that says, when we sin and we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. And so we need to take advantage of repentance. The process of forgiveness has to go through the three levels of of, of uh, 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 the three levels of consecration and sanctification. The first level is to identify our error, our mistakes, our weakness, what we did wrong. When we identify what we did wrong, which includes maybe uh, because we might claim we forget, we don't say the right thing and we don't say it properly. But pretending to forget is a sin on its own because pretense is deception. So this is what we need to be very careful that we don't pretend we don't know what we've done wrong. And then we start lying, deceiving, and that stage means that Satan is holding us in slavery. Because when you are under Satan's slavery or all kinds of slavery, you don't have the mind of God. And you are not afraid to tell lies. Just like Satan wasn't afraid to tell lies to Adam and Eve. So identifying this, the, the, the sin, the error, the mistake, the weakness is very important if we need to receive pardon and forgiveness at any point and any level in our lives. Number two, after you have identified your weakness, your error, what you're doing wrong, the next thing to do is to make conscious effort to change. And that change is called repentance. But you don't make a change by just saying, oh, I'm sorry. No, you have to, you have to consciously say, I'm not gonna do this error again. The whole of last year we were teaching, 2020 and 2021, we were teaching on repentance. And how many of us are making use of the teaching that we received on repentance? Because if we receive a teaching and we aren't making use of it, it nullifies our salvation. It nullifies our Christianity. It nullifies our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Our salvation is effective when we recognize the word of God, what we are required to do. One, identify your sins by confessing it. 
by saying exactly what you did wrong. Two, repent by making a change, okay? Come out of the prison of telling lies. Come out of the prison of, of deception. Come out of the prison of deceiving people, pretending to be what you aren't, pretending, you know, that other people are wrong and you are right. Pretending is deception. So when we look at Reuben, Reuben was a great intercessor, but he pretended he didn't know that Joseph was sold into slavery. He agreed with the lies that Joseph was killed by an animal, a wild beast. And that alone shows that his intercession was not going to God. His intercession was parabolating around him. And so when he made an intercession and said, take my children if I don't bring back your son. His intercession could not be received because he was not trustworthy. He was a liar. He was a deceiver. He was a pretender. He has sown a seed of discord as the firstborn of the family. He became the firstborn of deception. Great intercessor and at the same time, great deceiver. And so we all must bear that in mind that in all that we say and do, are we compromising with sin? That is why before you believe a thing, you need to investigate, you need to find out. You need to question the person who has brought you an information over and over, if possible, as a person. Just like when Blanc Bartimius claimed that he has been healed, the Pharisees examined and cross-examined him. Are you sure you were healed by the man that calls himself Jesus? And they cross-examined him several times. And now they took him to Jesus to go find out. And Jesus said, he's an adult. No, they first took him to his parents. And his parents says, he's an adult. One, one thing we know, that when we get back to him, he was blind. So if you don't believe that Jesus healed him, then it's left to you because the guy is an adult. And they went to Jesus to go find out. So this is how we need to cross-examine information before we support it and before we start acting based on that information. Otherwise, we ourselves become the first one of wickedness, the first one of evil, the first one of deception, the first one of life. And you see, the most painful part about this is the repercussion. When you will start suffering the repercussion of supporting lies, when you will start suffering the, 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 the repercussion, the punishment, 
You see, we start suffering the punishment of the things we do here on earth, even before we die. And that is why we need to be very careful. You see, that man went to church, had nothing, the pastor prayed for him. He got a job, he started a business, he became an employer. He started supporting the church. And then at a point, he felt like he had become a God. And don't forget, the serpent, the deceiver, told Adam and Eve, God knows that the day you will eat from this tree, you become a God. So he thought he had become a God. He didn't respect the pastor any longer. He withdrew his tithing and was given $1. Everything is $1. And the people that supported him, five people died, one after the other. And you know why they died? They didn't die because God deliberately killed them. They died because they had opened door for the enemy to touch them. I want us to understand this because they became deceptive. And so they opened their windows and the doors for the enemy to enter. And so the pastor could no longer hold intercession for them because they stopped paying their fighting. They stopped speaking the truth. They started supporting lies, accusing the pastor, lying against the pastor. They wanted to rule over the pastor. So they left their doors. The doors of their life was opened. The doors of everything that concerns them was open so the enemy could enter into their lives. And when we look at the fig tree, the fig tree was planted in a particular place to meet a particular need. God plants us at specific areas, specific place to meet a particular need there. That is why you find that Every area you go to, McDonald's is there. McDonald's is planted in ev on every block or every vicinity to meet the needs of the people in that vicinity. And also, before now, churches were planted in every vicinity to make sure that people could reach out to God, they could, their needs could be met, they would have access to God everywhere. So we must understand how God makes sure we are planted in a particular garden. That is why John chapter 15 says, he is a, he is a vine and we are the branches. We are all branches planted in specific areas to meet specific need. So when this man started misbehaving against the pastor, of course, the pastor will cry out to God. And when this man start crying to God, because the people have withdrawn their fighting, they are no longer supporting the church. They no longer come to church. They started behaving as if they are gods, just like Satan told Adam and Eve. God knows that from the day you eat from this tree, you become like God. 
We have to be careful we don't compete with God. And that is why competing with God makes you or makes us witches. Witchcraft spirit is a spirit that competes against the word of God. It competes with the, with the assignment that God has given us. It discourages us from doing what God has assigned us to do. Witchcraft spirit makes us think more important than God. It makes us behave as though we know it all and makes us believe in a lie, in deception. Another thing that I want us to see tonight before we run up, we run off with Reuben is the fact that God himself says, I am a covenant keeping God. Covenant keeping. Covenant means God has brought you into a place and established you in a place. And you have said, yes, Lord, I will do it. Yes, Lord, if you will bless me, I will do it. Yes, Lord, I, I am receiving the covenant to belong to this association, this organization, this church, this ministry. So you have entered into a covenant and God has given you a specific covering in that place. When you start kicking against the covering God gives to you, then you are practicing witchcraft. Then you are kicking against God's covenant. Then you are trying to be like God. You are practicing witchcraft because you have become disobedient. For instance, an organization employed you. One, you were seeking a job. You wanted a job. And they received your application and then they accepted you to be a worker, an employee. Then you claim somebody offended you in that organization. So you decided you're not gonna do your work. If you don't do your work, they might not sack you immediately, but it will be telling on your records. When you are supposed to be promoted, you aren't gonna receive promotion. So repercussion of your misbehavior will start telling on you. They might never deceive, dismiss you, but your wrongdoing will start showing up, will start affecting you. You start losing the joy of being employed in that organization. Also, if your employer decided they're not gonna pay you, you'll be angry and upset. And so it is. If God planted you in a place, excuse me, and you refuse to perform in that place, God's gonna withdraw his hand from you. You will still have your salary running. You will still be enjoying what you think you're enjoying. But what you're not going to realize is that God has withdrawn his blessings from you. Okay? And we said something that because God is a covenant-keeping God, 
when he blesses you with certain things, he does not withdraw it even when you are going wrong. But then God covenant, God's covenant will cause him to punish you because his covenant includes the fact that he will punish sin. And that is why Reuben's sin were punished. And that is why David's sin were punished. That is why Saul's sin were punished because God is a covenant-keeping God. He is a holy God. And the holy God, the most holy God. So when you do things against his laws, you transgress his laws, you enter into iniquity, you purposefully do evil. You purposely withdraw your allegiance. You purposely weaken the assignment that you have been given. You will face the punishment whether you like it or not. You will face the punishment whether you like it or not. Because the Bible says, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. He's the holy God. And a lot of times you say, why does bad things happen to good people? It is because they have broken a covenant somewhere. They have broken a vow somewhere. They have broken an oath somewhere. They have withdrawn their pledge somewhere. Like the man, God bless you in a place. God purposely bless you to support that church. And now you decided you are not going to support that church. Now he's sick. Who is supposed to go pray for him? Let me tell you one thing. He has gone to different places to go look for healing. But that sickness will not go because that sickness came upon him as a result of disobedience. His business is running well. The money is increasing, but there is a problem. The problem is that disobedience enter and it has brought him sickness and it has taken away the hand of God. So what sin does is that it takes away the hand of God from us. So Cain cried to God, Lord, put a mark on me so that I will not be destroyed. So he became a vagabond. God's hand was withdrawn. So when God withdraw his hand from people, they start running from place to place, seeking rest. Seeking peace, seeking joy, seeking the joy of salvation, but they can't get it because they have become disobedient. They are aiding and abetting with sin. They are practicing iniquity. They have broken the laws of God. They have transgressed the word of God. And this is where you and me need to be very careful that 
Reuben could not receive forgiveness because he broke the covenant of God. God has blessed Israel. He says, whoever blesses you shall be blessed and whoever curses you shall be cursed. And Reuben cursed himself by lying. He cursed himself by touching God's covenant. Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. You know, I will always say this. I have cited this instance several times. A pastor invited me. I was staying in his house for about three months. But every day this man finds fault with me and accuse me for one thing or the other. Why revival was going on in his church. He was busy accusing me. And later on when I analyzed it, I realized that he was intimidated by the miracles that were being performed. He had never ever experienced those miracles in his ministry. And so anytime the Lord does something new and beautiful, instead of giving glory to God, he will start accusing me. And I will go before God and cry because I know he's a man of God. And the Lord says, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. So I didn't want to confront him. I didn't want to argue with him. I didn't want to do anything that would cause the Lord to punish me for his sake. So one day I was crying and then he came to me and said, why are you always crying? Why are you always crying? You're always praying and crying. Why? I couldn't say anything because I realized that he was under conviction because he knew that the previous night after the Lord had done something great in, the, in his ministry through me, he embarrassed me before the people. He did something to, to just, you know, make me feel reduced in the presence of the people. And I went home crying. And you know, God is, is a God of justice. The Lord also came to me and said, why are you crying? I said, Lord, because your son did this and that to me, the Lord said, what do you want me to do? He's your brother. Go to him and go make peace because he's your brother. I cannot kill him for you and I cannot kill you for him. You are all ministers, you're all doing my work. Go and make peace with him. And I did. And I began to understand that that was the work of envy and jealousy. That was the work of envy and jealousy. So envy and jealousy entered into our relationship. And witchcraft wanted to take over our relationship. He was a good man. But witchcraft entered 
Envy is witchcraft. Jealousy is witchcraft. And try to destroy the work that God was doing through the two of us. So one thing we must realize is we have to be very careful how we touch people who are called of God. Anytime a minister of God offend you, go quickly and sort it out and resolve the matter. Go to God. We fasten and pray for wisdom to resolve the matter. But don't try to coerce other people to join you to aid and abet in order for you to gain favor. 10 years down the line, you pay for it. 20 years down the line, you will pay for it. 40 years down the line, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren will suffer the repercussion of what you have done wrong. And that is why the question, why was Reuben punished? Because of what Reuben did, several years later, we see that the children of Israel were suffering from sexual perversion, were suffering from lies, deception. Tamar suffered lies and deception from Judah, the fourth born. <laughs> Many years later, another Tamar, the daughter of David, suffered sexual perversion from his own brother, Amnon. So what we don't realize is every little mistake we make needs to be erased, needs to be corrected. How? Confession, telling the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Anytime refuse to tell the truth, we have deleted Jesus Christ from our lives. We have deleted the power of salvation from our lives. We have welcomed the deceiver, Satan, into our lives. We are accepted to become slaves to iniquity slaves to sin. So today, we all need to be careful that if a man or woman of God offends you, please go and see the person and be sincere. Don't build up lies. You pay for it. I am not cursing you. I am speaking the word of God. Because the Bible says, touch not anointed. No matter what Saul did to David, David said, the word of God says, touch not anointed and do my prophet no harm. So David will not interfere with Saul. He had the opportunity to kill Saul. He will not do it because he feared the Lord. Number two, 
Lying is a spirit and is the spirit of the devil. His lying is witchcraft. It destroys people's destiny. It seals the presence of God. And it drives away the joy of salvation. When you lie and you refuse to tell the truth because you want to gain favor, hello? The humans who will give you favor, will they also give you heaven? That's a question. The people you want to seek favor from, can they fight your battles? Can they deliver you from the hand of the devil? No, nobody can deliver you. You have to decide, I want to be delivered. And then deliverance will come to you. So let us be careful what we tell other people to support ourselves. God is a covenant-keeping God. Let us not mess up with the covenant of our salvation. Let us not mess up with the covenant of our salvation. Let's speak the truth. Jesus is the truth. And the word of God is truth. Don't lie to get favor. Don't lie to divide the church of God. Don't lie to divide the fellowship where God has planted you. Don't lie to cause confusion. Now that that guy is sick, he's been going from place to place. How many of the people who aided him can save him? And some of them have died anyway. And those who have died, it's too late now. They died out of lies. They died because lies caused their doors to be open to the devil to attack them and kill them because the devil cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So here we see that Reuben was cursed. So we all must be careful. There is a natural curse that comes to us when we lie, when we deceive, when we, when we don't practice righteousness, when we, start, when we start doing what people are, 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 are saying that we should do, when we start believing the lies that goes around, around our peers, our friends, the groups we belong to, when they are lying, you are aiding and abetting. We need to come to a place where we fear God. Because the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So here we are saying that the intercession of Reuben cannot penetrate the presence of God. Cannot penetrate, couldn't penetrate the presence of his father, Jacob. Because he was the firstborn of wickedness. The firstborn of lies. The firstborn of deception. Instead of being the firstborn of Abrahamic blessing. So his blessing reversed into a curse. Repentance is needed. But when it got to the firstborn, Judah, Judah also went into sexual perversion. He also lied to Tamar. 
go to your father's house. And when Sheila, my son, rose up, I will give him to you for marriage. He also lied. Because Reuben has sown the seed of lies. Adam and Eve bought the seed of lies and deception. And it transferred from Adam and Eve to Reuben. And Reuben being the firstborn of the family also took over the lies and gave it to his brothers. The firstborn also inherited the lies. But confess. Reuben went into sexual perversion. It went down the line. Judah, the forborn, also bought the sexual perversion. So Judah bought the, all the sins of Reuben, the firstborn. The firstborn of righteousness, who became the firstborn of wickedness, lies, sexual perversion. The same thing, Judah, the forborn, also practiced lies and sexual perversion. He lied to Tamar. <laughs> and then what happened? When it was time for judgment, he was the one that called for judgment because he thought he was righteous. Bring out the woman who did this. Bring it out. And the woman came with an evidence. The woman confessed her sins. Are you getting me? Tamar confessed her sins. He said, whose signet is this? Whose ring and signet is this? Who, whose staff is this? She confessed. Yes, I went into sexual perversion with the man who lied to me. Confession. And of course, this is a time for open confession. That should have been done in secret. It became a public thing. And Judah said, I have sinned and not you. Because he confessed that sin and repented openly, he did not die. And soon after that incident, he was among those who went to Egypt to go buy food. He was among those who went to Egypt to go buy food. And one more time, he has to go into a time of intercession because he confessed his sins, because he repented. His intercession was received. His intercession reached out to God. His intercession was answered. So the difference between Reuben and Judah was that one, Reuben did not confess, did not repent, so could not receive forgiveness. Judah confessed and repented, 
So he received forgiveness. So when he interceded, his intercession went before his father, Jacob, and before Jehovah God. So he was able to get what he wanted. So these are the things we have to bear in mind. If anybody comes and say, Dr. Pauline said, Pastor Pauline said, I beg you, investigate, find out. Don't come with a conclusion to come and fight me. I am not the only person anointed. You are also anointed and I dare not touch you anyhow. So respect goes on the two express road. One is going, one is coming. We have to respect one another. We have to apply the word of God to one another's situation. Don't believe what you were not there. You were not a direct witness. You were told. So be careful. Be careful what you believe. Be careful of your reaction. Be careful what you do. Let the fear of God be the beginning of your wisdom because you cannot handle the repercussion of lies and deception. That man is sick now. Can he handle it? He has money. He has houses. But can any of it deliver him? No. His money cannot buy his healing. What he needs to do is to confess and repent because he has touched the anointed of God. Because he has failed in his assignment to take care of that church. Whether he's paying his tithe somewhere else or not is not the issue. The issue is where is he planted? Why did God bless him? Who prayed for him to get to where he is? So we need to question ourselves. If your boss decide not to pay you again, would you be happy? You live in, in America. You have to pay your taxes in America. You can't tell uh, the government of America that, oh, because you don't like what Joe Biden is doing, you're going to be paying your tithe to India or to another country. No. You are driving on that road. The part of the taxes is being used to develop America to make America greater and beautiful. If you stop paying your side, there will be no money to take care of America. You don't live in India. You may be visiting India, but you don't live there. So your taxes cannot go and take care of India. But when you visit India, if there is a toll to be paid, you have to pay that toll when you drive on the road. But your major taxes comes from America, where you live, where you, you reside. That is why if you don't pay your taxes, you are liable to a kind of fine and punishment. And the same way, when you belong to a church, you are not paying your taxes and your tithe, 
and you are using your thigh to do another thing to please other people, you'll be liable to the punishment thereof. We need to be very careful. We must learn not to be falling short of the glory of God, but we must learn to be dedicated, committed, remembering that God is the covenant-keeping God. When you signed that from today, you are a member of that organization. You have gone into covenant. You cannot change the covenant. No, God is a covenant-keeping God. It doesn't matter how you feel about that organization. Sometimes people withdraw, but they withdraw wrongfully. And when you withdraw wrongfully, the repercussion of that withdrawal will still follow you because you have sinned and you need to repent. It's the word of God. Every sin requires repentance before blessings will continue. You will still be enjoying what you're enjoying physically, but one thing is that the hand of God will no longer be upon you. So we need to be careful, just like the word of the hand of God was withdrawn from Reuben. So he received a curse that he will not be stable like water. Nobody can reverse those curses in your life until you have repented. You might say that I am, it's a hard teaching. It's a hard teaching because it affects me, it affects you. It's a hard teaching because it's the word of God. God is a covenant-keeping God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changeth not. So this is about Reuben, why Reuben did not receive forgiveness, but Judah received forgiveness. Judah confessed, repented, and straightened up his way. He did not suddenly say, I am no longer an Israelite. Now, from today, I have become a, a, a Canaanite. You can't change your position. The fig tree could not change his position. So when people start running from church to church and place to place, thinking that that will solve the problem, it doesn't solve the problem. They'll keep running like K. They'll be running like K. Where has God planted you? Reuben could not change his tribe. He could not change what he was originally covenanted into. All he needed to do is repent and change his ways so that he can receive forgiveness. Without confession of sin and repentance, there is no remission of sin. Sin is remitted when we confess and we repent. So today, everybody just bow down your head and pray that God will soften your heart to be sincere, to be honest, to be faithful. And you yourself, you will soften your own self. You will soften your mind and begin to walk in the fear of God. Begin to observe sanctification and purification. Begin to express the fear of God in your decision-making, in your relationship. If you have withdrawn your allegiance where God planted you, restore yourself before it's too late. 
like the Catholic, I will still respect them for the way. When they still a goats, they will go to the Catholic father and the Catholic father will say, yes, I'm gonna pray for you, but you need to return the goats to the owner. Confession is not complete until we have done the right thing and restore restitution, restore. Otherwise, your salvation is questionable. Your salvation is questionable. You want to be released. But God's covenant cannot be changed. So by and large, the repercussion will come because you have abused, insulted, disrespected the blood of Jesus. Jesus died on the cross. Should Jesus say, I'm no longer dying on the cross for you? No. Should Jesus reverse his death on the cross? Should he reverse the presence and the, and the power of the blood that heals, that delivers, that sets free? No, no, no. If we don't want the covenant of salvation to be reversed upon our lives, we have to observe it. So Jesus told the Pharisees, you brood of vipers. Brood of vipers means people who have decided to be brewing the character of Satan in their lives and environment. These same Pharisees that are generations, descendants of Abraham, and God bless the Abrahamic people. Jesus told them, you are brood of vipers, which means you are, you, 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 you are descendants of wickedness, evil. And they said, we have Abraham as our father. And Jesus said, Abraham cannot be your father for you to be behaving like this, attacking me. They were attacking Jesus. So Jesus described them as brood of vipers, generation of wickedness, practitioners of evil. Those who are using the tongue of the serpent to destroy other people, lies, deception. Father, we bring ourselves before your throne this evening, oh God. Jehovah God, we ask for your deliverance. Convict us until we repent. Convict us, convict us totally until we surrender ourselves and repent so that we will not be part of the generation fighters that will not be brewing and brooding evil in our thoughts in our relationship but that to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand thank you for teaching us to repent for teaching us to confess the truth and repent and change our ways we thank you father because with you all things are possible in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Everybody. Amen. 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 Everybody unmute yourself.
Now, Don't questions or reflection? Reflection or questions? Dr. Pauline has a question. Okay. Go um, on, please. The play, the church where, the church where where one would um first accept the Lord and get baptized and they attend for a while. Does that necessarily mean that that's where you are planted? Okay, let me explain it this way. For instance, your father and your mother were possibly living in Jericho and they gave birth to you. So you were raised in Jericho. But as time goes on, you had to fulfill your destiny. So you went to school. And as time goes on, you got a job in Jerusalem. So you relocated by virtue of your job or by virtue of uh, certain things. Or the law specifically say, hey, I want to make use of you in Jerusalem. So the Lord showed you where to go in Jerusalem, where you'll be planted for your destiny to be fulfilled. Now, the fact that uh, you were born in Jericho doesn't mean you will be there forever. There is a way God relocates people. There is a way that God sends you out. Just like the Lord raised 12 disciples in Jerusalem. But not everybody did not come to Jesus through in Jerusalem. It was at Galilee, from different places he chose his disciples. Though the, 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 the headquarter of the church was built in Jerusalem, they were sent out to the nations. So the fact here is that they were sent out purposefully. They did not go out by rebelliousness. They did not go out by finding fault against the people of Jerusalem. So sometimes the way people leave a church is very important. If you were purposefully sent off by virtue of something that is very that is connected to your destiny, it is different from when people rebel, when people accuse, when people lie, when people find fault. It's very different. Okay, Dr. Polly. You understand what have yes, I answered your question? Yes, All Dr. Right. Polly, I understand it. Okay. Who else, please? Question or reflection? Question, observation, or reflection? No more? Okay, shall we have reflection? If no question, shall we have reflection, please? 
you asked the question why Ruben was not forgiven. And that was a question that was asked earlier um, in the Bible study. Yeah, that was a question. Why right. he was forgiven. Right. Yeah. And um, you said he was, he was not forgiven because even though he was a great intercession, he never repented of his lies. Therefore, we need to take advantage. No, he didn't repent of his lies. No, he didn't. No, that's what I said, Dr. Polly. I okay, said he, all didn't, right. he didn't repent of his lies. So we, therefore, we need to take advantage of repentance. The process of repentance must go through three levels of identification. We should not pretend that we forgot what we did wrong because Satan will use it to hold us in slavery. We must identify our errors or weakness. We must make a conscious effort to change what we did wrong. In other words, um, just like you said before, when we sin, we have to call it, you know, for what it is. Don't say it halfway or don't pretend like, um, you know, we forget what really happened and, you know, tell lie in between. We have to be clear. We have to be open and we have to um, call it what it is. And we have to make a conscious effort to not do it again, change what we did wrong, you know? Our salvation is effective when we acknowledge the word of God. We should stop pretending because pretending is deception. Woman intercession was not going to God. When he interceded by, um, by saying, take my children, um, if you know I don't bring you know my brother back or Benjamin back, it didn't, it didn't, um, it was not accepted, it was rejected. Before we make a decision, we must examine the situation and know the truth. So when people come and tell us anything, you know, we have to examine what they're saying. We have to know the facts before we take side. You use blind Bartimaeus as an example. Uh, when he got his sight back, he was healed. And um, they questioned him, who healed you? Did you get your sight back? How did you get your sight back? They asked and they asked and they asked because they want to make sure that, you know, he was really healed of his sight. A miracle was performed. So when we hear stories, we shouldn't just, uh, because we like one person, we don't know the truth of the story, but we just take side and then start condemning the other person. We have to know the truth. Uh, you said uh, we must cross-examine information before we support it. The worst part of the repercussion is the suffering that we have to go through because of uh, decisions that we make that is not right or that's against our covenant. The fig tree was planted in a particular era to meet a need. And it wasn't meeting the need. So I, I believe, if I'm saying it right, Dr. Pauline, it, the fig tree was cursed. God planted us at a particular area to meet the need. You use McDonald's as, as an example, you know, where, you know, wherever, you know, in so many different areas you go, you see a McDonald's because it's there to meet the need of people when they're hungry or when they need food. You also talk about the churches. Churches are planted in a particular area because churches are, um, you know, like um, when people have needs, spiritual need, you know, it's, it's, it's a spiritual hospital, in other words. They need, you know, they, they go there, you know, to get that need met. So that's why churches are planted in certain areas. So we must be careful. We do not compete with God. 
because when we compete with God, it's uh, it's witchcraft. Witchcraft spirit compete with God and the things of God. Uh, when God, you know, anoint us to do His work or to do something, uh, you know, if somebody is contending or fighting against us for it not to come to pass or come to fruition, that's a perfect example of witchcraft. Uh, you said uh, God is a covenant keeping God, and when we enter into a covenant with God, He he have us in a particular place. If you use the example, you said, if our employer do not pay us, will we, we you know, you know, you will be very upset. <clears throat> so if we are planted in a place, in a particular place, and we are not functioning in that place, God will withdraw his hands from us. We, when we do evil, we withdraw our covenant um, allegiance with God and um, our pledge and we will be punished for it. Cain cried to God to put a mark on him uh, so that, uh, and God put a mark on him, but he ended up being a vagabond. So God had, was withdrawn from Reuben and he was cursed. We must realize how we touch people who are called of God because when we touch God anointed, 10 years down the line, 20 years, 30 years, even 40 years down the line, we will pay for it. And even our children and our grandchildren will pay for it. When we refuse to tell the truth, we have deleted the power of salvation from our lives. Regardless of what Saul did to David, David would not touch him because he was God anointed. David had the opportunity to kill Saul, but he didn't do it because he said he would not touch the Lord's anointed. He said, can the people who you... Uh, trying to gain favor with deliver you. Um, you said when it comes to women and men of God, we should be careful, you know, how we, you know, handle situation or if we get into any conflict or anything, we should quickly resolve it. You know, we should try to find a way to sort it out. Uh, you use yourself as an example where you said um, you were staying in a man of God house and Every time you, you know, you know, there was a, um, what you call it, a revival uh, going on. And every time you deliver a message because of the miracles that were happening, he was very jealous. So he would, you know, always accuse you of something. You said you went into God, you know, you in prayer, you asked God, you know, you was crying and the Lord asked you, why are you crying? And you said, because he's always accusing you and, you know, saying something. And the Lord asks you, what do you want? Do you want me to kill him? You know, he said he can't kill him because that's your brother. So you have to go and um and 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 you know, like you know, um come to you know, talk it over and work it out. And that's what we should do when we offend men and women of God. There's a natural curse that comes to us when we lie, when we deceive. Reuben intercession could not penetrate Jacob because he was a liar, so he was cursed. Reuben brother inherit the lies, sexual his brothers inherit the lies, the sexual perversion and the wickedness. Uh, and we saw that when uh, Judah, when Tamar disguised herself and went into Judah because he lied to her. He said he was gonna give, give her the youngest son, Sheila, when he become a big, but he never did. And um, she had a witness when he wanted to, he called for judgment upon her. And uh, he didn't, when she appeared before him, 
you know, she, he had given her, um, she had asked for his staff and his signet ring, you know, when he was going in onto her. And when, you know, the time of judgment came about, she said she was impregnated by the man who owned these, the staff and the signet ring. And he, he couldn't deny the fact that they belonged to him. So he openly repented and he was forgiven. Because he repented, his intercession was received. We must respect one another. Don't believe what we hear, what we have not heard. We must question ourselves. We must not fall short of the glory of God because God is a covenant keeping God. Confession is not completed until we've done the right thing. If we don't want the covenant of salvation to be reversed on our lives, we must repent. You said we do not use, we should not use the tongue of the serpent to deceive because the tongue of the serpent is great deception. And I will stop there, Dr. Pauline. That's what I received tonight. Amen, amen, amen. Shall we all thank God for Evangelist Sarah? Amen, 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 amen. So thank you very much. And uh, before we share the grace, do we have any announcements, Reverend Althea, please? Okay, since she is not, uh, she has not unmuted herself. I don't know what the announcements will be, but in any case, remember me in your prayers that um, this weekend is uh, the, the final obstacles of my dad. It starts Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. On Sunday, all the churches in our neighborhood are coming together to have one Thanksgiving service. And um, they will be with us on Friday, on Saturday, and on Sunday, all the churches. Already they are all coming to the uh, service of songs on Friday. And they will all be part of the uh, funeral service on Saturday. And then Sunday Thanksgiving is beautiful that they all want to come. And they are all preparing. The choirs are coming together. They are rehearsing. And uh, I just want to thank God for what is happening. Amen. 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 So let's share the grace together, please. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the citizenship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the forever and ever. Amen. Good night, good night, Dr. Paul. Good night, good night. We miss you, we love you, we miss you, we miss you, we love you, we miss you.